podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to your AI fantasy football show. I'm your host as usual, Guy Drinkle. Um, much happier than last time and I won't be using at least half of the show calling Harry Kane bad things. Um, so, we'll introduce the guests and then get on to it. Um, bit of a... Again, Simon's gone hiding, that's what I should say. Simon's gone hiding, apparently he's on holiday again so he must have had another bad week. But I will introduce the guests that are actually here. Um, Alex, how are you doing buddy? I'm doing very well, Mr. Drinkle. Yeah, fill in for the or somehow always not present Simon. Uh, only ever present when he's doing brilliantly and he's lecturing the rest of you on uh, just how brilliantly he's doing. Uh, otherwise, he's on these mysterious holidays that he seems to be taking all the time. But no, yeah, good. I've bit the bullet, as we're going dis- to uh, discuss a bit later on. I've finally done it and I feel good. I don't feel dirty. I feel good. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Good man. Good man. And we, we'll, we'll get to your transfers. Uh, plural is the key word there. Many, many, many. Yes, yes, yes. And joining us is my usual guest in J. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great and it's good to actually be on, on the rise of the weekend of some real football again, rather than this international nonsense that interrupts the season on several occasions. So yeah, looking forward to getting back to Anfield, a nice early start for us, 12.30, so kind of not looking forward to that. I don't really like it too early in the morning. We all get up too early in the morning to go to the football, but you know, there's a job to be done, there's a team to be beaten, there's three points to be added many more on fantasy, hopefully. Yeah, and that is just pure disrespect to Vincent Company's testimonial tonight there, <laughs> there Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent Company's testimonial that he's not featuring him because, once again, Vincent Company is injured. Yes. But it is the greatest testimonial to Vincent Company's Manchester City career, though, for him to be injured for his testimonial. I mean, I couldn't think of a more fitting tribute. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he can manage it. He's not managing an Andalect anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, uh, I like that little chuckle there. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> we'll get into the points of the last game week. I know it was before the international break, so we won't spend our usual time swearing at people who let us down. Um, no promises, but we might do. Um, Jay, I'll start with you because I know you had a good week. How did you do? Yeah, I had a pretty solid week. Uh, 82 points racked up. Uh, the bulk of that was with me captain pick of Jamie Vardy. He got me 32. I did mention it on the pod that I was going to go with him. So he racked up on a large amount of points. And then um, pretty much a few odds around the team, but my main point scorers were Alexander Arnold. Obviously, he got the deflected goal as such and the clean sheet. So he racked up 11. Uh, Van Dijk also clean sheet bonus, so we've got seven points for him. Uh, Aubameyang got a goal, so we've got nine. And then it was a couple of, i say, average points across the board. Salah got me six. Bernardo Silva come on and got a goal, so he picked up six. I brought Pulisic in for Rashford. Not for Rashford, sorry, Martial. 
He got me five, but I took a minus four, so that equated to one, which was absolutely abysmal. Um, so Bios has gone into hiding mode after his Morden from Ginny Wijnaldum, and he got me one. Um, and then not much else to show us about. So I might have to address a couple of issues this week because there's a few flags on injury players, but again, we'll probably approach that one later on. So a pretty decent week, and I've climbed above you, Mr. Drinkle, in the league of the AI money. Um, I'm now top 10. I've climbed all the way from 18th to 10th in the last two and a half week, three weeks. So, yeah, not a bad uh, turnaround at the moment. Harry Kane's well, not mine. He's a dickhead. Um, <laughs> everything, Harry Kane's fault. Everything. As always. Yeah, yeah. Alex, yeah, how d- yeah. Yes, yes. Alex, how did you do? Well, better than uh, the week that I captained Harry Kane when he faced Newcastle, thinking he would score about yeah, four. Could, could have been, could have been worse. Could have triple captained him. Could have worse. Could have triple captained him indeed. Um, well, to be fair, this season's gone along a similar pattern as the rest of my life, which is painfully average, uh, and that has been evident to the fact that I got two points above the average this week. Last week it was one point above the average. The week before that it was four points above the average. Uh, so fifty-nine points for me. Most of whom would you can be a killer. Have to... my average ground, Alex. Hey. Sorry, you can you can have that average ground if you want it. I'm willing to give it up. <laughs> no, look, it's a platform. I'll give it. I'll give it that. It's a platform it's to my build on. Target. <laughs> well, considering Kevin De Bruyne got constituted at least a third of my points this week, I think I could probably be happy with uh, painfully average. Um, I captained him and, and got a healthy 26 points return off him and the rest of my midfield. Uh, oh, Mo Salah got six points. He wasn't even my vice captain. That went to Harry Kane, who also got six points. Uh, and then clean sheet bonuses from Robbo and Alexander Zinchenko kind of rounded out the, the no, notable scoring. Ross Barkley, who I couldn't get rid of because of, I decided to wait a week to... Uh, hit that button. Um, he has been really disappointed at the start of the season. I expected him to be far more know, productive in the Chelsea system, given how much he started in, in pre-season. I guess Mason Mount's taken up that mantle. Um, and, I mean, we kind of all figured that Timu Puki would regress to a mean, even though the, that he's still clearly a very potent goal scorer, and I don't think anyone's going to really be abandoning ship too quickly um but yeah certainly thanks thank you kevin de bruyne for making sure i could strive to be painfully average like like usual and uh yeah it's, it's been a, it's been a decent start to the season but i'm certainly waiting hopefully for it to really kick into gear yeah I might, i've kind of got a similar story to you apart from yeah the week the week previous Everyone, people who listen to this would have heard me calling Hurricane a twat. And they used to this. Um, that really might. <laughs> but I still got to get it in there. I'm still bitter about that. Um, but for me, I got 65 points. I played my wild card, so pretty much complete new team. But it did well for me. Um, pretty much everyone mentioned so far got the same points. The only difference for me, I have Matip as my Liverpool defender. He got the clean sheet, so I got six. Um, Aguero got the bulk of my points with 32. Why didn't I wait a week, dickhead? Um, d- 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 um, Sterling, disappointing free, got rid of KDB for him in a wild card, which is fun. Um, Zinchenko, six, as you guys have mentioned. 
Um, nothing to really speak of on my bench. So, yeah, Aguero's pretty much saved my ass on that week, which is lovely. Um, <laughs> just just on City, yeah. I think the, one of the things that people are having to come to deal with, come to terms with now is that you have to you have to kind of gamble on your combo, right? Do you get the cheap clean sheet or the cheaper clean sheet with Zinchenko and then two midfielders, i.e. Bilver and Sterling or Bilver and De Bruyne or... Do you go one 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 with Aguero, Sterling, and then Zinchenko, or do you go just all out blitz it with Sterling and Aguero and, and Bernardo Silva or Sterling Aguero and Kevin De Bruyne? I think that's going to be the the trick this season is figuring out how to keep your three city players fresh because right now I after I wildcarded I've got uh, Sterling De Bruyne and Zinchenko. But obviously that means I'm missing out on Aguero who could have I think it's ridiculous probably where your loyalties lie. Mm, yeah. yeah. Like, as Liverpool fans, we probably don't want City to do well. So therefore, deep down, we probably don't really want to put them in. But the reality is they are pretty phenomenal players with a pretty phenomenal record, especially in fantasy. So you kind of have to have a couple of them. So they are, for, yeah. for me, I, I I've, I've only got one, so I'd like to have more, but it's affording them also. Yeah, I was going to say, the loyalties thing also makes sense if you think, as Liverpool fans, we, a lot of us probably want to have Firmino and one of Mane or Salah, and depending on how the Ford situation pans out, um, or want to spend big money on either Trent or Big Verge, because I don't I, Robertson really, hasn't really panned out. It was the first week we got the clean sheet bonus with Liverpool. And yeah, I think that we, we're so used to relying on City and, and Liverpool both having clean sheet bonuses that having a City-Liverpool having a City Liverpool duo in defence is kind of too costly. You need to spend the money kind of more wisely because at this rate, they're not guaranteed the clean sheets they were last season. So if that's why I rec- I'd recommend certainly which is what I've gone with is if you stack up on those players, I'd stack up on midfield because you're essentially substituting your marquee striker, for lack of a better term, someone like Kane or Aubameyang, who's up in the high 10s, 11s. You you sacrifice that. Maybe you get someone, I don't know, like like Vardy, as Jay's done. Uh, And then you spend big on that midfield who you know will still score your goals anyway. So, I think that's that's going to be the trick this season for a lot of people is getting that balance right. Yeah, I think that's the start to the season. Really. I think Aguero's obviously kind of exploded into life um, in this last game, whereas the games before that, De Bruyne and Sterling were the, were the main ones. Um, Cade hasn't really done it in this season in the Premier League at least, or not whenever I've fucking had him. Um, Aubameyang, uh, to mind memory hasn't had big scores but he's had consistent scoring which is very important obviously for fantasy so it might it might be just to pack the midfield but for now in terms of my team I think Aguero's the safer bet because uh, let's, let's have a look at the fixtures plus I can't be asked taking minuses to get them in uh, Norwich away yeah not going to keep clean sheet there it's just going to be one of the mental games and Watford at home I think mean, 
whilst we bring up Watford, we did obviously have the first managerial change of the Premier League with, oh my God, this is just going to be random names. <laughs> uh, Gracia getting sacked for Sanchez Flores. Oh yeah. Yeah, got that one right. <laughs> Bigger uh, name, yeah, lad. Yeah, yeah. And, Ma- and Matarazzi, or whatever his name was, Marazzi. He's <laughs> not, not brought back yet, but time was yeah. that's, that's the one. one. Yeah, you got close. One. Yeah. Thinking of the inter defender there. Um, yeah, yeah. Yep. Matarazzi, yeah, that's true. Only yep. slightly racist there, guy. Yep. Just a smidge. Um, yeah, no, I could, you know, Watford had so many managers, I completely forgot Marco Silva was there. I was trying to think the other oh, day, I was like, man, hey, who's who came before Grazia? And uh, I really like Sanchez Flores, and there's a uh, interview that. Watford's chief director or, or sporting director, I can't remember what was his official title, basically gave after they sacked Marco Silva, which was uh, we should never have sacked Kike Sanchez Flores because the players all really liked him and he did really well and it was basically a contract dispute. The trouble is that he is a negative manager. Well, not a negative, negative manager, but he is a more conservative manager in terms of tightening up a defence. And their defence hasn't changed since they got promoted apart from one addition which is like freaking Craig Ooh. Dawson and if you sign Craig Dawson as a Premier League football club you deserve you probably deserve to be relegated and I don't think anyone will be flocking to Watford's defensive stock soon but I could see maybe halfway through the season someone like Ismail Assar who they signed for yeah. Brent being a viable option um, if, if they start if they kind of correct their course and start knocking in the goals. But certainly Andre Gray is not a good-looking asset at all. He, without Deeney, who's injured, he, he doesn't really look threatening to do it. Delafayu is too streaky. And, and, yeah, Watford's kind of a cold case right now for most fantasy players. Yeah, I think it's harsh to sack a manager when they haven't arguably had their new shiny toy, hasn't even played a minute yet. Insa, who's there? He must be their record signing, I believe. So it's a bit harsh on, on him for that. But it'll be, I think he's seemingly the player just going off by reputation. I haven't seen him. I know, I know you're a big league on watcher, um, Alex. But is he is he someone who can kind of transform the fortunes of Watford? Yeah, he is. He's mercurial. He's brilliant. And at the start of the season, I was genuinely thinking of bringing him in. Um, what was he six or six five? I can't remember. I might better check that, but yeah, I genuinely was thinking of considering bringing him in uh, purely because he is a winger who plays kind of Nicholas Nicola Pepe. Kind of you, the idea is with Arsenal that he can play up front. The reality is he doesn't really play up front. He just plays like Salah does, which is right wing but tucks inside and kind of ends up up front. Whereas Ismail Assad genuinely does play up front. So he is one of those forwards that will score goals. Like, he's not just a winger, a flashy winger. He's a winger that will score goals and get into goal-scoring positions. And he was Ren's most important player. Now, you you usually bring fast, high-paced French wingers to the Premier League, French, French-based wingers to the Premier League, and they either kill it and they... they explode onto the scene or they do the Florian Tower on Newcastle and just don't settle. Uh, so hopefully for Watford's sake, it's the former. For me, I did kind of hesitate when I saw him 
I mean, yeah, he's had injury problems, but also Watford have won five of their last 16. Oh, no, even more. I think five of the last 18 under Grazia. He wasn't going to flourish in a side that was clearly floundering like that. But, I mean, if, if it works, then he'd definitely be an option. I He's one of those ones, him and Lanzini are the two that I think could really rise in value at any good mm. given point before January, because they're just going to, if they get, they could get a streak of game, four or five games where they score maybe two, three times, couple of assists, but really start putting the pressure on, then that value will go up. So I'm really weary of getting one of those kind of dynamo players in. Um, but at the moment, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem too viable just because of both of their predicaments. Lanzini's in, in and out of the side after his injury and Saar, in similar predicaments, but it's also in a struggling Watford side that needs a shake-up and needs change. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with all that. Uh, Sar is 6.4, just for future reference. Yeah, uh, there you go, yeah. Very, which could be an, end up being one of the bargains of the season, fantasy-wise, if he eventually does settle and the new manager. New? He's, re, he's re played new? 16 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So that's... Uh, Hopefully, builds up after the international break for Watford's sake, at least. Um, Jay, I'll, I'll start with you on um, transfers and stuff because I know Alex has done something and won't need more time on that. What are you thinking transfer wise? Um, well, I've got a bit of a predicament in terms of I've only actually got three fit defenders, and of those two of which I actually play, which will be. Van Dijk and Trent Alexander-Arnold, obviously pretty much banking on a clean sheet at home to Newcastle this weekend. Um, so, the other fit defender is Ben Gibson for Burnley. Obviously, if you don't start the season and Sean Dyche's first eleven, then the chances are you're probably not going to break into it unless you're a phenomenal talent like Dwight McNeil did last year. He obviously likes to stick with what he's got and go pretty much routine every week. So, my other two defenders are Max Adams and Martin Kelly. Obviously, 4.5 and 4 million, respectively, because of spent a bulk of my money elsewhere. But both of them have got an orange triangle. Uh, Max Adams, 75% chance of playing with an ankle injury. And Martin Kelly just says, no, 75% chance. So, and Martin Kelly may be the one that misses out because Gary Cahill has obviously come back for Palace now. Um, so, I'm probably on the lookout for a cheapish defender who I can get in. And given the fact that Norwich can't keep a clean sheet to save their lives, it probably will be Max Adams because he was the gamble of... He was probably... He was likened to Trent Alexander-Arnold light version given on what he did in the Championship last season. But obviously Norwich have stepped up in quality of the the level of opposition they're facing. and he, He's good going forward, but going backwards, he's, he's still got a lot to learn and Norwich are always shipping goals, as you said. This weekend, shoot out with Man City could be any sort of tennis score, really. Um, so I've got no point six in the bank, but I kind of want to keep the bulk of point five million just to have in the bank just to play with here and there. So I say, uh, any any suggestions on a four point five defender? who might keep a clean sheet this weekend. If you've got any there, I'm willing to listen. If not, I'll have to go and do a little bit of research because, as we said before, the pod, the Premier League app has probably not been open since a week last Sunday. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at fixtures now. I mean, Burnley have the best run, well, on paper at least, in the Premier League according to the site I'm using. Um, so, Lawton, Peters, one of the centre-backs. I mean, they're pretty, I know Tarkowski's five, isn't he? So, maybe not him. Um, but a Burnley defender, I mean, Villa has the second best run, but yeah, would you really want a Boston Villa defender speaking from someone who's got Taro Mings? No. <laughs> um, well, you could go Diop because Diop are away. Uh, sorry, West Ham are away to Villa, and West Ham might well get a good result there. Actually, so you could piece four and a half. Mm. Think I'm just finding on the fixture check of West Ham are like Midland, but they're counting Manchester United as a hard game. So yeah, which I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that needs to be. We, we, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about Man United after this bit. I noted them down, but they need discussing after being shit um, to start the season. Um, but yeah, Diop's a good shout because you know he'll play because. I don't, I don't have any else. Yeah, it's like Winston, it's like yeah. Winston Reed's there for choice centre back. No, fourth choice. Yeah. I forgot Ogbonner existed. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. But yeah, I I'd pick probably Lawton. Cause yeah, I'd go barely as you so, say. Yeah, the, when the when the hard to play against the they can be hard to play against. We we obviously had our moments in that game, but when we. I think when we got the second goal, taking it back, it feels like an age ago now, doesn't it, that we played Burnley? But once we got that second goal, then they were pretty much finished and it was just a case of seeing the game out professionally. But yeah, maybe is it, does Loughton play on the right side and Peter's on the left, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. So the both full-backs, yeah. Yeah, I'll have a, totally have a look to go to one of them and then that's always pretty much a safe option throughout the rest of the season and you don't really have to worry about these defenders. So, I'll have a quick mooch about while we're on the pod and there might be a live transfer, there might not be. We'll we'll have to see. Oh, oh. we love Clean a live sheet. <laughs> uh-huh. Just tempting you in there, guy, aren't I? Get off my patch. <laughs> 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 this is my game. I was about to say that... Um... That clean sheets are kind of the precious commodity these days in, in FPL because no one seems to be getting them. But I think the live transfer is the most precious commodity of the, the FPL pot. It is. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, the Burnley thing is last last season, Chris Hutton's Brighton, the, the one thing they were good for, they certainly were good for goals, but they were good for a clean sheet with Duffy or Dunk. It's hard to see who's going to fill that void. Now, Burnley is still kind of coming to terms with their identity, I think. So, I mean, they are good for a, a solid defensive Sean Dyche performance, but then, I don't know, they, they, they do kind of lend some really weird goals too. Uh, Newcastle certainly aren't. Rafa at least had them somewhat stable, but Steve Bruce doesn't seem to be following on the same lines. I don't Villa. like to say this. Maybe Everton? I don't like to say it, but like yeah. Everton have got a pretty decent record, especially at home. That was the first goal they conceded at home yeah. in months. That's right, it was too. Since like since March, February, March, it? It yeah. March, March or February, February, yeah. Do they have um, a, Do they have a cheapish defender? Because I think their minimum's the, five, isn't it? It's five. It's Michael Kane, isn't it? Which is the annoying thing. <laughs> or Yerry Mina might be. No, I think Yerry Mina's five at least. Um, whereas then you and then their fullbacks are obviously expensive. 
Mina's five six, Keane's five five, uh, Coleman's five five, Dinier's six one. Um, Holgate, if he doesn't, play. one of them's not fit, but then he's he's a backup, and then Sadibi if he manages to break in, but I doubt it with Coleman there. He's five four, yeah. so yeah, you, you probably need to obviously sacrifice a bit more cash if you. If you want an Everton defender, and probably the one to go with is is Dinier, but at six point one, then you know you're in the the upper realms. You might well stretch a bit more and go for Van Dijk at six and a half. Yeah, pretty much. He's he's as guaranteed a clean sheet, but then at the same time, Liverpool City's yeah clean sheet invulnerability has been spoiled this early season. I do think there is a. I mean, personally, I've kind of gambled on there being a kind of lack of clean sheets so go for four and a half defenders and see who has an array of four and a half defenders and see who has the best fixtures I do think there is a kind of you can even you, there's a choice a lot of people have made kind of at the start of this season as to whether they wanted to load up on defenders purely because of the lack of actual viable forwards and that's clearly not quite worked out because Liverpool have consider, haven't well they've only had one clean proper clean sheet, haven't they? And uh, now with Laporte's injury, I think people are starting to be to have their hand forced. I don't know about you guys, but certainly I've seen a lot more people stocking their midfield yeah. with minimum eight, nine kind of million players. I've got what Including to Broider, I've kind of got three marquee midfielders now, and that's the most out of any of my lines. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys are the same, but is there any news on the Paul's Bandit chance? Does anyone know? Uh, Looks like it's going to be at least year at uh, the end of the year. Yeah, but this is City, so next week. Probably. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, isn't Sane has been rushed back? I did the air quotes there. I don't know why nobody can see me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks for telling yeah, me. Yeah, there we go. Uh, rushed back uh, with stuff um, that straight out of the Marvel universe. Um, apparently, uh, that that can be the name of the pod guy in yes. air quotes. The rushed back pod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a lot. That's going to be interesting too because he wanted to be as fit as possible. Well, no, he's he is like his big thing is he wants to be fit by January. So buy and come back yeah. in for him. And yeah, I wonder whether he will actually go now, or whether Bayern will be happy with Coutinho and, and Perisic and all that stuff. So I mean, City no Laporte, maybe no Sane post January. I mean, they could mm. very easily go and sign someone, but. As of right now, Riyad Mahrez kind of looks like a better option every day, but it's City, so and it's Pep, and you just really don't know. <laughs> well, what 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 do we? How do we think the Laporte injury will affect them then, Jay? Because I I know Stones are not amending with the partnership with company in there a little bit when they did the hundred point season, but the the league was a lot weaker than, in my opinion. So having a partnership in 2019 of Stones and Otamendi with no left-back, well, no proper left-back, unless Angelino starts playing or Mendy gets fit. I know Zinchenko's done all right, but he's really a midfielder. Um, I mean, it must weaken them a fair amount because Laporte pretty much undisputedly second-best 
defender in the league to Van Dijk, isn't he? So it it must be, well, as Liverpool fans, it's fucking great for us. But um, it, it in terms of FPL, does that maybe make you think I'll go off Zinchenko and then maybe put the money elsewhere if you kind of get what I'm going on? Yeah. Um, first of all, like it's as you say, it plays into our hands, but you've only got to have a little look at City's fixture list and. They've not really got much of a challenge coming up over the next like seven weeks. The only one that I'd actually highlight as a four-rated fixture is when they go to Goodison Park in two weeks. So, mm. you know, but I would I would probably say look at the teams they're playing and look at the type of strikers they're playing. And then I think the likelihood is Fernandinho might drop back in there for a few games. He has not got the pace. And I think we touched again on it like last time. He probably won't get away with the silly fouls that he gets away with in, in centre-half and he would in centre-mid and the middle of the field everyone knows you can probably get away with five or six challenges before the ref even has a word would you wear and the back line the last line defence and especially with VAR he probably won't get away with as much so I mean just look at the next three fixtures they've got knowledge away that we can switch on already Um is he going to be able to handle Pukki's movements if it is Fernandino who plays or whoever else? Maybe then they're home to Watford. Obviously, we don't know how Watford are going to line up them. And then we, they go to Goodison Park, and then they've got Wolves at home. So they're two tricky fixtures. We've got tricky front lines really of Everton is sort of clicking into gear slowly. Keen starting to be mm. integrated. Richarlison has seems to have hit a little bit of form. So. That could be a tricky fixture for City. And obviously, we know Wolves have got quality going forward. So, they have actually got a few challenges in terms of one-on-one battles. Um, but then bringing it to FPL, as uh, Alex touched on earlier with Laporte, obviously, he was a high-priced defender. But Amble and then Diego Street for Van Dijk or Alexander-Arnold do a, around a similar price range. Or do you drop in value and try and bulky midfield um, I haven't got him obviously I've never had Laporte so I've not got that issue to deal with but for me I would probably go if I had not got Trent Alexander-Arnold I'd probably go for him if not then I'd go down the other route of maybe going for a cheap option in terms of the Burnley defenders because it would probably free up 2 million where you could upgrade an average midfielder of the likes of you might you might you have um, Sabios a five point five, and then you could you could up your midfielder so you'd have a, a seven point five option available, which then takes you. In. Obviously, you've got the likes of Pulisic, um, Martial, so it opens up a little bit more of an avenue to to play with more quality in terms of your midfield. And so that would be my route if you ain't got a Liverpool. Defender, then probably get one of them because we're the, we are probably the most strongest defensive team in the league. And then, if not, chop it, go go cheaper and bulk in your midfield. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I mean, even if you're doing an in-house swap to City, you can still go um, Laporte to Zinchenko, which saves you one million, I think. Yeah, I think it's in um, Yeah, Laporte, six five to five yeah, five. Yeah, so that that makes sense. And even if you go to uh, five mil, maybe you pick up someone from Chelsea, even though 
why would you do that? <laughs> um, but there's pro- there's other five mil defenders. I assume no one's jumping out to me at the minute, but uh, there'll be someone or even four or five, as Jay mentioned, uh, Burnley and the other ones we mentioned earlier on. There, there will be a price difference and stuff like that. But if you can uh, put that money else in, somewhere else in the team, that's uh, that's good news. Um, right, Alex. Enough delaying now. Wild carding. What's your plan? Here it is. Yes. So, I I was a patient patient boy. I waited until this international break, like I said I would. Uh, I nearly bit the bullet beforehand, but I am glad I didn't because I needed to figure out a way to get to overload my midfield, basically. Um, Ceballos is a nice little handy um, kind of balance the books kind of asset because he's still only 5'7". I actually got him in when he was 5'5", too. So that's nice. But the essentially, the idea was to get in uh, Sterling, De Bruyne, and one of Mane or Salah, depending on who I went with as my kind of marquee forward. Uh, as of right now, it's Mane because he's cheaper and has allowed me to get Bobby Firmino in. Um, and I basically said what Jay just touched on there, which is going cheaper option. I also touched on it before, going cheaper at the back uh, and rotating a cycle of kind of 4.5s, depending on who has the best fixture list. Uh, Ryan Lundstrom's important there as well because he plays every week, and if I'm really desperate, he can come in to be my third centre-back. But it was really all about getting Marty De Bruyne Sterling uh, and Ceballos as the fourth. Um, Patricio is still my keeper. Zinchenko is still kind of my most expensive defender. I had Robertson, and he just wasn't paying dividends for me. It was the first clean sheet bonus he had, and it just wasn't paying off, whereas I think I can get... There's more of a chance of getting a De Bruyne assist um, than a guaranteed kind of Liverpool clean sheet. So with that being said, yeah, I thought I'd I'd get in... uh, for four and a half defenders, to be fair, I already had Lundstrom in, so that saved me some money. I brought Kaglasu and Shu in a couple of weeks ago, knowing that he was going to get some starts. And I think he may well be, if, if someone's out looking for a good four and a half defender after this week, because it's United away and they'll probably score. Um, Kasu and Shu's definitely the one that I've had my I've had my interest most piqued by. He's a very good defender too. And I think Leicester, who will probably finish in the top six this year, could well have that that clean sheet high, uh, where you you know you get a mid table team, someone like West Ham was last year for a while, who just keep a couple of really good clean sheets, and that's that's how the, their platform for kind of launching up the table. Uh, and my front three is Timmy Puki, who I kind of bit the bullet to get in a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's not leaving my team anytime soon, not least not least until his price starts going down. Um, Bookie's 6'9", by the way, for anyone who doesn't have him in now. So if you don't have him in now, I think you've probably missed the bandwagon. But he is that. He's gone from, oh, yeah, he's decent, decent price, decent kind of hike to, yeah, okay, he's becoming an expensive forward now. Uh, and Sebastian Allaire, 7.5. I didn't think he'd be as prolific as he has been at the start of the season. I initially had both of these in my first draft and ended up ditching them to kind of stock my midfield 
uh, well, actually, no, it was ditching Halea was to stock uh, Andrew Robertson, and then kind of I ditched Pookie because I didn't think he'd actually start the season as well as he did. And, oops. That's that's very much a my bad on that one. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, Bobby at nine, nine and a half. I'm really just tossing and turning over the idea of Firmino or Vardy. I just, Jay, Jay, with what Jay was saying there, I'm slowly being swayed to Vardy, but then I look at Bobby doing his silly celebration and just feel like I have to go with Bobby and just know that he's going to score when you don't expect him to. So, yeah. It's, there's so many little decisions in wildcard week that you just have to stress over and you have to fuss over. And once kickoff happens on Saturday, I'm going to have to be accepting what I, what I've decided uh, right now. I think the decision to go money over salary is a good one. I think it's one that we'll see a lot more people doing over the next couple of weeks, because I think money is going to consistently score maybe one, one a game, one a game, one a game, blank patch, another one a game. Whereas Salah strikes me as being his his kind of not streaky, streaky is the wrong word for it, but like kind of condensed form where he'll score, he'll bag two goals and assist in one game, and then go hungry two for two more games, and then he'll go even hungrier in the next game, and then he'll come out and he'll bag a hat trick, and then yeah. So I think Mane is probably the more consistent goal scorer of our front three, uh, and then Firmino purely because he's nine and a half makes him kind of the marquee forward without having to spend 11 million on Harry Kane, like some people on the podcast have done already this season. And I include me in that. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my wild card lineup right now. I'm curious to see what you gents think about uh, the tactics or if you think I should be replacing anyone in it because I'm happy with it, but I'm also tentatively going off. I can see how this will go wrong. Yeah, I like the um, the premium midfield. I think it's it's a pretty safe tactic. I think. Um, who have you got? Mane, De Bruyne. Mane, De Bruyne, Sterling, Ceballos, and then my four and a half Stendhalka. Yeah, right, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I like that midfield. I think the three big ones, safest pick. Three of the four safest picks in the games. I think Salah's again up there as well. I think. I I'd always pick Salah over Mane because I think creatively, uh, creativity has more of that quite a lot. But for that, what is it? One million difference nowadays, or is it more? I have no yeah, idea. It, one, no, it's, it's yeah, it's that one million. One mil, So I think that I think that's fair enough with that one, and it, it it does. I think that allows you to get all three, so that that's fine. And up front, who did you have? Pookie, Pookie, Bobby, and Halle. That's a good. Canal, you've done well. <laughs> you've done well with this team. Mm, uh, that's, that's quite that. that's, that's a strong front line, that. Yeah, concerned yeah. the midfield as well. That's very strong. I you've also like too. Sorry, you've also got the option if 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 Halle gets injured or goes off the boil, Jimenez is the same price, and you know he's pretty much guaranteed goals across the season as well, based on last season's form. So if it all starts to dry up for him, at least you've got the option that you can switch without actually taking much of a hit in your bank because I think Haller is 7-5 and Jimenez at the moment is 7-4 so you've got a pretty much a straight swap for a decent level striker as well. Yeah, that's a good point too actually. Mm. And yeah, that, that that kind of mid-level, well not mid, it's kind of top, just below the top tier striker. <laughs> yeah, upper mid-level striker is where I think a lot of people are having 
the most gambles this season. I mean, yeah, obviously Pookie was a freak, but that kind of, um, yeah, do you get Richarlison in? Do you get, obviously, Alex come good as a signing because he's a fresh signing, but those kind of second, that second season syndrome with a couple of players and Felipe Anderson in midfield is about seven. So there are, there are people gambling on midfielders too like that. But yeah, I'm certainly happy with the way my front three has come out. I just hope that overloading that midfield works as well as I hope it will. Yeah, I, I, I think it will. I think it's the safest um, strategy at the minute. Um, I've only got two what you'd call premiums, and then I've got three six, six midfielders who've gone up and down respectively. I've just brought a Warby in for Trossard, because why not? Um Bit of a gamble. I didn't have an Everton player, and I've got to piss off Mark somehow. Um, <laughs> easiest way to do that. But I think, I, I yeah, I like your team. I, I like that. Uh, it'll probably be better than my wild card that I did last week. But, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, I've done my transfer live on podcast, as always, because it, it always works. Always does. Uh, always <laughs> it's does. It's a good luck charm. Yeah, exactly. So I've took Trossard out cross. I knew I could beat you in. (laughs) It's not baiting when you're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think a Warby, after that League Cup game, I think you've started in the league and Everton have decent fixtures apart from Man City in like three weeks it is. Yeah, three weeks. Um, Bournemouth away, Bournemouth can't defend Sheffield United. Um, at home, obviously Everton's home records mega at the minute, and we still don't really know what Sheffield United are um, at the minute, apart from having mad centre backs who overlap and underlap and all that jazz. So that decent fixtures, and then after City, another three good fixtures, and then Tottenham at home. But yeah, uh, well, Tottenham kind of brings me on to the next subject. I mean, we've seen the teams that usually fill out the top six struggle apart from us and City. I know they drew with with Tottenham, but that's a fairish result. But the teams below us have kind of struggled. I mean let I'll I'll start with Manchester United because it's the funniest. Um Alex, they're shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, go with that. Yeah, go with that. <laughs> I mean they hired the coach from freaking the Peasants League. And they thought that would be a good a peasant, not even the peasants league, just a peasants league. It's not even. It's not even typified as the the trademark peasants league. It's just a, a league that nobody cares about. And his pristine experience, other than knowing where the parking spaces are in Manchester United and whose parking spot belongs to who, is a failure with Cardiff City. And I just don't understand how they thought it would be a good idea to appoint him permanently. Uh, and they are ruining what they sowed, uh, and they are ruining the fact that they gave, well, they gave give away. They sold Lukaku for good money. They basically gave Sanchez away because he's a toxic virus on yet, the dressing room, yet, apparently. still their fourth highest earner. Even at yes, Inter. somehow, even the fact that Inter are paying part of his wages, and he's still their fourth highest earner, which is ridiculous. They improved their defence, except neither player... Well, no, actually, they improved their defence in that they got a centre-back who can play out from the back, and they got a right-back who tackles a lot, and yet the fundamental issues with the United being that they are basically 
when it comes to being counterattacked, they're just a sponge that just absorbs it all and, and gets punished. Uh, that still hasn't gone away because Maguire is about as slow as the turn, as slow on the turn as the moon. Uh, and Aaron Wambasaka is going to tackle here as he is. Let's play as past him consistently. So that is an issue. The fact that Marcus Rashford, I was looking at the numbers before I was, um, thinking, talking about Abamyang, a friend of mine who Abamyang is not a good striker and that his conversion rate is quite bad. Uh, he is the classic wide player who became a striker somewhere somewhere in his career and never quite learned how to finish properly. That being said, he gets into a lot of really good chances. Marcus Rashford's conversion rate is a lot less than a Bamiang, and he doesn't get into as many good chances because he likes to get on the ball more. Uh, and then the midfield is just its just nothing. The midfield is just dross. It's crap. Scott McTominay is an important cog in their midfield, and the only people who should be having Scott McTominay as an important cog in their midfield um, teams in the championship. Uh, and as this year, it is hilarious, but I think we're seeing now the fact that Paul Pogba has such a huge gap between what his best performance is and what his worst performance is means he's not viable. Like I said, Rashford misses too many chances to really be viable, and he was in my team at the start of the season. Um, but then the missed penalties kind of detracted that. Uh, and United's defence have shown they can't really keep, keep a clean sheet. Uh, meanwhile, their attacks show that they can't score against Southampton, who had 10 men for half an hour. It's just, yeah, it's, just, I mean, it's hilarious, but they just don't have anything going for them. When it comes to fantasy Premier League, they, they might as well be freaking Sheffield United at this stage. The only interesting one is Martial, and he got injured, so everyone took him out. <laughs> so he did, yeah. He had, that, he and, had that one week where everyone had Martial. I don't think he did anything and just got injured, and I was like, ah. Okay, fuck that guy. Yeah, well, there goes that. Yes, yeah, so sums up United, the one bright spot. Who's not really a bright spot? I mean, he's just, like, he's he's getting in the box more, which means he's someone has to put him in the net. Uh, I don't think Martial's actually that good a footballer, but the one bright spot that United have, and oh, it's gone. Uh, okay, right, it's gone. What do we do now? And then what, what we do now as people as FPL players is just not touch any United player with a barge pole, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I fully agree. I mean, I think everyone's looked at Pogba and thought he might have he might have one of them stretches. But he's only really done that when Solskjaer first came in, so I think he was just trying to do that to piss off Mourinho more than anything. And then he's been patchy otherwise. It, it, so yeah, I don't think Pogba's viable. Defense, no, God, God no. I'd, I'd genuinely rather have like a Palace defender, and they're all injured. Um, yeah, I'd still <laughs> rather have the injured Palace. I'd, I'd still, real. I'd still rather. Yeah, I'd still in in like not even an FPR in real life. I'd rather have Crystal Palace's yeah. defense. Like Scott Dan over Victor Lindelof yeah, any day of the week. Like Sacco's, but Sacco and Maguire are about the same level. If Sacco wasn't injured all the time, he'd be better than Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> Tompkins is better than them lot. I mean, the fullbacks are a bit shit, but yeah, it's just it, it's just funny. Um, well, Manchester United bought their fullback from Crystal Palace, yeah, and spent a shitload of money from it. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Don't you Man United have like a record of one clean sheet in eighteen or nineteen games or something crazy like Good that? God. 
Solskjaer's got the worst defensive record for United since, like, the 60s in well, terms of a manager conceding goals in, in a certain amount of games. They've only it's won incredible. five of the last 15 league games across both, obviously, last season. They've seen five in 15, and Javi Gracia got sacked for that yeah. at Watford. It's just let that sink in. And that's it's Watford. absurd that he was appointed. It was, it, it was one game against PSG when there was basically 50% luck and 50%... No, okay, that's, that's wrong. 33% luck, 33% PSG shitting the bed, and 33% Solskjaer actually doing a, a good tactical performance. And they pointed him off the back of that. It's just ludicrous that, yeah, now they're, they're five wins from 15. The Pozzo family in charge of Watford see that as crisis, absolute crisis, sack their manager, and United, who have made a history of just absolutely botching appointments lately, somehow are just like, it's fine, he knows the club. It, it's fine. He he knows where the parking spots are. He, know, he, he won't infringe on Sir Alex Ferguson's divine right to be a god, even though he's not actually in United right now. It's just it's just ludicrous. It's absolutely astounding. Just checking their results. They kept a clean sheet against Chelsea on the first day of this season. Would you like to have a guess which team didn't score past them last time? Oh, it was us. It was us. Oh, my God. Was that something off the top of my head around about early March? Uh, Late February. Yeah. I knew it was a while. Yeah. It was that game. Was that the nil? That's the one where everyone got injured and the game just kind of went, ah, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) I watched that number. Bar in but, Thailand and just felt it felt like I needed my entire life back after that game. It was genuinely the, one of the worst games I've ever seen in my entire life. How many games was that guy? Was that around about 18 league games? Ooh, um, I'm not going to count the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, quick, it, it must be about 15 ish. Yeah, I'd to... that, that's, that's counting just... Champions League as well. They got big 4 0 by Everton. <laughs> I don't remember that. Uh, oh no, they they didn't get beat. They got annihilated. I don't Everton remember were that phenomenal game. that day. Why don't I remember well, that game? They they destroyed them. They literally tore them apart at Goodison Park, and it was it was laughable because obviously we all laugh at Everton, but it was laughable how good United made Everton that day because they 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 literally played them. Off the park in every single department, and it was it was it was mad to watch. But you know, they got one United fans about all the money they've spent on Maguire, the the tackle king that is Wambasaka. But we all know the famous quote of Maldini's: "If you're making a tackle, then you've already made a mistake." So you know you don't see Van Dyke with dirt on his shorts every week mm. because he doesn't have to go to the ground. Well, that says it all. There's a reason that tackle started like. Got NDD, Kante, uh, and then just loads of fodder from like the lower league, where teams have to tackle. That's the reason. It's not a good stat for a good team to have. That's what no. And then the Gaia is, well, he's he's kept him in in the league the past four or five seasons. But even now, he's making the same mistakes on a regular basis. He Mm. he basically 
replicating the Pepe Reina time at Liverpool where he, Reina was phenomenal. He just went to the event as him. He fell off a cliff. Probably. And, also, he can't save a shot. He's near post to save himself. So, I mean, if you're a goalkeeper who can't save a shot, he's near post, you're going to have a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, I, feel, I, I quite like the Reina one. I mean, nothing's going to top the Reina one because that was literally going from one of the best keepers in the world to might as well have been fucking me. <laughs> yeah. And it was he was... Most, it was, you could track it when the beach ball happened. Yeah. The beach ball happened and you just went, ah, right, he's gone. Yeah, okay, he's, he's well and truly gone now. I'm not, I don't know what the highest beach ball moment was, but we are well and truly past it now. Because remember, there was a moment two seasons ago where De Gea was guaranteed clean sheet. Yep, lock it in. If he's in his purple patch, if he's in his form, yep, United, bang. Even under like Van Hal, you used to just yeah. be like, well, you wouldn't get a United attacker, but at the same time, you could get a guaranteed kind of goalkeeper clean sheet. Uh, whereas now I don't know if there are really many goalkeeper clean sheets you can guarantee. But to see United fall, I mean, again, it's funny. Let me preface it by it's funny, but it is just a sign of, of how far they've fallen with the fact that their unpreatable goalkeeping master clearly just doesn't want to be there anymore. He's just, he's just had enough. The moment was probably when Courtois went to Real Madrid. <laughs> I, want, yeah, I, want, the I wanted that bro. move. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's definitely the fax machine. The fax machine is absolutely his. Yeah. I think he had a good, he had a good, se- he had a good season after that, but I think as soon as Courtois moved, he was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh. That was, yeah, that was it. It was just a case of, well, Yes, that's it for me. No, no well, Madrid st- pipe dream. I'm stuck here, and then he realised, oh, my contract's nearly ex- out. I wonder who will sign me on a free transfer. Well, actually, I mean, slight, slightly tangentially moving on, in terms of free contract transfers, the Spurs back line, Ooh. I mean, they are in a bit of shit, but I'm not sure anyone should be touching Vertonghen Certainly not Rose. Certainly not out of oh, Davis and Sanchez and I don't know. Alderweireld's the one that kind of you might think because there is no guarantee. Over, yeah. I'd have Lloris over or any of them if you're picking if you're that desperate yeah. for a, a Tottenham player for some reason. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean the fact that they they can't keep a clean sheet anyway, but I don't trust Pochettino to pick them. That's it the stink, stinks of a mass exodus next summer, Spurs. Yeah, it really does. Well, Ericsson's already gone. Alderweireld, you guarantee he's going. Vertonghen is almost certainly going too, by the sounds of it. I mean, they... they mm. They're both they, on they, threes, they, aren't they? The centre-back. And, yeah, all, th- all three of them are on yeah. threes. Well, Pochettino wouldn't have left Vertonghen out. And Poch. I think. Poch and yeah, maybe Poch himself. as well, yeah. Considering he might, he's a darn, the absolute fraud is not going to last. He um, might just see it coming himself, where he knows the, the players aren't signing. He's got them into the new stadium. He gave them a full season this season. He got them to the Champions League he's and not lost that. to us. He's not topping that at all. He's he's literally he's just there for I've done you a favour. Now you're doing me a favour and letting me go to Madrid when Madrid want me now. And the yeah. players well, can probably see this. Yeah, I I think he'll end up at United. To be honest, I think the timelines just work out. I think. I know that I think Real Madrid haven't started too well, but I think United will be the big job that opens up and he'll go, 
well, I've got infinite money. They have no structure, so I can just have free reign at anything. Uh, so, yeah, I think he'll end up at United, which I'm... The longer Potcher stays at Tottenham, the less asked I get about that every day. Which is that's strange. a hell of a job, though. If you go to United, that it's basically I, clock yeah. levels are coming to Liverpool because the longer they go on, the more and more down they're going, and the, it it's so reminiscent of like the dark days of Hodgson, like with them and Solskjaer and now with mm. they literally they, they celebrate a tackle. Either right back, and that—that's how bad it's got. I think the the difference between them and us is obviously we had new owners who were still learning about football and stuff like that. Whereas the Glazers have been there since what the late part of the last decade must be about ten years since the Glazers took over, if not longer. Uh, At least, at least, not longer. It's it's like since oh six oh seven. Yeah, since Ronaldo. Yeah, as soon as Fergie left, all their structures are gone. So they've been. Here a lot longer. They didn't have it. a structure. Yeah, it's yeah. That's the thing. They are yeah. structurally nothing, and it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's just it's just strange how I know they're obviously making a shit ton of money as owners, but as soon as Fergie left, you'd probably think even Arsenal give it a go of attempting sports directors and all that jazz. It's just a bit daft, I suppose. But yeah, I think I think United will probably see Potchers a Klopp type who can usher in a new era, but I, I just don't think he will. I think if Klopp had free reign as he as he as some people think, I, I think without Michael Edwards we we'd probably be similar to United, but obviously less expensive shit mess. Um so yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I think I think United still need to find Michael Edwards more than a Klopp. Um I mean it, both would be lovely if you were a United fan, but yeah. Happy for us. Um we are nearly on an hour now, but we might as well touch on the other top six. I don't think anyone else is in as much of a mess as United. Maybe Chelsea, but they're obviously trying to abandon have a PE teacher in charge at the minute. Um, but yeah, what, what, what? Let's skip Chelsea because I think their problems. There's not really much to else bring up on, but they've got injuries to exciting players and not many else you'd touch with a barge. But let, I'll, I'll, let's talk about Spurs. Pulisic, maybe. Yeah. I I reckon Pulisic eventually is going to come good in terms of goals and assists. So yeah. depending on how his price shifts, if it stay, if he if his price doesn't drop down, which by all reckoning it should, then he's probably not going to worth touch. But by December, mm. when Chelsea maybe get into a rhythm, I think Pulisic's probably the only one I'd go and touch because Tammy Abraham's too inconsistent and, and there's, there's no he, one else. He's in just there. played two championship teams back to back. That isn't. Yeah, again. exactly. So, yeah. Championship teams will soon run out. Yeah, you just got. If you if you pick in Tammy Abraham, just figure out when they're playing Villa. I think isn't that the only one they have left. Yeah, yeah. Or and then you give it a break throw in, and then throw in a few others. In Sorry, you could throw in a few others like the likes of Brighton, uh, Bournemouth. Uh, who else would be uh, knocking around Palace, Palace. Palace what well, pa- maybe Palace, and, Palace are a we- weird one I don't know they had a, a poorish start but they've kind of recovered and now Jordan A use the bargain of the striker department <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah somehow uh, Palace are going to go down I still, I still have firm belief in that Oof. I think if they get the defence back I think they'll be fine but if Jordan A use your main striker yeah you, you 
you should fix that. <laughs> um, yes, yes. But, uh, it's an issue. Yes. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Anyway, on the big teams, uh, we kind of started on Spurs with the um, back line and pretty much don't touch anyone and pretty much all the back line is going to be leaving at the end of this season and Davinson Sanchez forgot that he's a footballer um, for the time being. But, I mean, they they don't seem very good in any... I know the North London derby was a bit of a mad game. I, I, I missed the second half of um, but the rest of their games have not really looked that good. I mean, Ericsson's came on um, in sub-appearances and done quite well. Ndombele, obviously been injured. Um, he's obviously been a huge miss, cost Musa Suzuko. Um But as Spurs, what we expected, because I think most people thought they'd be third pushing up a bit closer to the top two, but... If anything, it looks like they're closer to the top four. I know they finished fourth last season, but people expect them to get back. Uh, we come back to third, but they, they've really struggled since mm, the last quarter of last season. They've really the league the league form has been awful. Um, yeah, Spurs are a really weird team because on paper they've got a really strong, probably fourteen, fifteen players, and then. When you strip it back and take a few of them players out, then they look really basic. But obviously, we touched on the defence and they're not keeping it tight at the back, which Spurs, you know, they, they sort of made that the bread and butter over the years where they would actually keep it quite tight and did nick goals up top. But then even the front line, so, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Son has not really got motor in this season. He seems to be misfiring a lot. Obviously, they're missing Ali um, and the Blaze out. Injured, we don't know how long. La Celso picked up a knock for Argentina. He could be out for a few weeks. Uh, Ericsson seems to have a little bit of a soak on, but is coming on and playing for small periods of the game. And then there's just not much there because they're all very streaky players. To the rest that they've got in terms of Lamella, um, Lucas Mora, we touched on Son, and then you got Sissoko. Winks are sort of in and out the game. If he's if he's really good, he's really good. If he's if he's not, then he's pretty much anonymous. And then the fullbacks that they've got uh, Walker pieces and Oriel at right back, and neither of them are, are great in my book. And then they played Sanchez at right back over them too, by the way. And he yeah. he had an absolute <laughs> mare. Yeah. And then Davis well, and never, Rose at left back. Never played it before. No, yeah. and it was it shows it was like. It, it was like the old times of, you know, when, when Liverpool no, put no, Carragher no, at right no, back. No, we don't need... I thought you were going to say the skirtle bur again. We don't need... I to was literally about we, to say... We, no, we don't need to bring that up, fucking hell. No, 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 no. Stuart, that's why no, we no. signed Stuart fucking down. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, man. Stuart, that... Or Lazar Markovic at right wing back or whatever it was. Well, it was no, still that, that, was, that wasn't... True, true. Very true. Yeah. Let's not revisit those days. Yes. Eh? No, um, the, the Spurs things. The Spurs things curious because Pochettino was angry for most of the time the European transfer window remained open, um, and now it looks like he's not going to get his way because it looks like England are going to go back to the. Well, maybe it is what he wanted ultimately. It, England are going to go back to the old transfer window and have it closed on the thirty first and all that and whatnot. Uh, but then. It suddenly became, well, not suddenly, but it certainly festered until it became more than just, I'm annoyed that 
Ericsson could leave and I just want it over and done with and I just want to know what my squad is. It became, no, now we're starting a new cycle. And that was very interesting to me because when Liverpool lost the Champions League final, it was very much, uh, it's fine, we go again, we build, we spend the money, we fix all our deficiencies on an individual basis because we know the system is right. Whereas now it feels like Pochettino is having to completely design an entirely new system um, based probably on having Kane and Son up top, uh, but certainly not going to be based on any of the same defensive stabilities they've got currently purely because the individuals aren't going to be there. I mean, Davison Sanchez is probably the only one that's going to remain two years' time, um, remain a Spurs player. So, yeah, the, the, the whole new cycle thing, I think, is kind of was a really interesting comment because certainly from fantasy Premier League perspective, this time last year, you'd be saying, right, you can pick out Son, you can pick out Kane. Both of them could very easily be uh, under the category of kind of imperatives. If you then look at someone like Alderweireld's old and Vertonghen is getting there, but both of them were kind of mainstays of FPL for ages. And then even in midfield, Ericsson never really polled that well. He was kind of the Coutinho of that. But Ali would get on the mark and Lucas Moura would find his purple patches. Now it just seems like that. I mean, you, you touched on it before. That they just seem... It seems desolate there now. It seems like they don't have a spark, which is really shame. It's not, it's not necessarily a shame, but it's, it's kind of an interesting way that Spurs have fallen from the Champions League final loss and yeah their their league form has been dire since kind of 10 games the last 10 8 to 10 games of the season they just seemed to completely fall off a cliff the the excuse being made was it's fine we've got we're in Champions League quarterfinal then semi-final then final but it hasn't resolved itself at the start of this season and I think they are in a bit of strife they were Arsenal not being Arsenal away from being out of the Champions League. And United. Yeah, that's and United. Right. They lost to... Yeah. They drew with Huddersfield United and lost to Cardiff. So, drew, yeah. yeah, that's exactly... Yes, that's exactly right. If United had beaten two of the worst teams in recent Premier League memory, then Spurs would not have been playing Champions League football this year, which goes to show you how poor their end of the season was. It's mad. It really is mad. Um, but yeah, just kind of finish on the FPL touch with Spurs. Kane can get fucked. Um, <laughs> That's, uh, by the way, I'm keeping count. That's the eighth time yes. tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Son, I think Son long-term will be fine, but the, the, as you mentioned, they're still kind of figuring out how to play with each other after... Son missed the start of the season due to being banned and, and stuff like that. It's, it's, it, yeah, I, I, I just don't know how Spurs will set up because it still kind of goes back. They seem to play better without Kane, and yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I won't say it again. Um, <laughs> but Spurs will be an interesting one because if if the other teams are going to be really that bad and, and third and fourth is just going to be between anyone, literally could see like Leicester get in the Champions League again. <laughs> That's what I think as well. They yeah. could get fourth. They legit could get fourth. I don't think it would be. Brendan is a, a good coach despite his flaws. And they've got the best balanced team out of the entire kind of challenging pack. 
maybe by Arsenal. Oh no, Arsenal don't have a defence. So yeah, they've got the best balance team. And character. And plenty of character. character. All the characters. So much character. God, I'm so happy he's not our manager anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It was like fucking walking in a meme, isn't it? He really was. Uh, Uh, But yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I might be worth a cheeky bet putting Leicester as top four. Uh, But yeah, I think we've We've kind of gone a bit long, but we'll finish on captain picks quickly. Um, yeah, uh, Jay, who have you got as captain? And we'll finish. Uh, Liverpool at home, so Mo Salah. I, I say it every week, uh, Liverpool at home, it's always Mo Salah for me. Um, and my vice-captaincy, I changed it before. Uh, quick, 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 quick. Um, over my young, who is a way to Watford, so... Obviously, we don't know how Watford are going to line up under Santos Flores, so, but I, I imagine Salah's going to start. Um, and I did make a transfer for what it's worth. I did go with Eric Peters and take Max Adams out. So I took your advice, guys. So if it all goes wrong, you'll be the first one to get a WhatsApp message off me. That, that is your <laughs> own fault for listening to me. We've had this before. Um, we have had this before. There's been plenty of people who've done that before. Um, Alex, who's your captain? Uh, Norwich away is too good to pass up, so I think Raheem Sterling's going to be back in the scoring charts. So he's going to be my captain, and yeah, Newcastle at home, Mane. I yeah, I agree with Jane that Salah will probably be the one scoring more goals, but Mane will be my vice captain just in case. In yeah. case Pep pulls a Pep. Yeah, God, Mares and Bernardo Silva front. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, for me, Salah is captain. Costs at home at Newcastle. Uh, at home v Newcastle, I should say. It should be a safe bet, but I thought that was Spurs. Maybe it's Newcastle rather than Spurs. We'll see. Um, but I'm willing to test that again with Salah as captain and I've got Sterling as vice captain because if I remember correctly, Aguero and Salah have reverse fortunes at home and away. So, yeah. Um, so that's it. We'll finish up there. So thank you guys for joining me and thank you everyone for listening. Bit of a long one this week, but uh, international break and all that jazz. Uh, so yeah, thank you everyone. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.